Hi there, Words by Winters. It's Allison McGee, your host. I'm coming to you from my dining table in South Minneapolis, where the windows are wide open, and maybe you can hear all that thunder and rain in the background. You know why it is raining so hard right now? Because I just came in half an hour ago from watering all my gardens. been this crazy drought and crazy heat. People think Minneapolis never gets hot, but they are extremely wrong. It's the land of extremes here in the far north, and uh, I have been watering my perennial gardens and vegetables every day. My giant perennial gardens and giant by city standards, okay? And uh, I guess I'm the water whisperer, because listen to that rain and that thunder outside. It's a beautiful, beautiful sound. It's like a flower meditation. I was 20 years old. I got on a plane in upstate New York. I flew across continents and oceans, and I landed in the middle of the night in Taipei, a city so foreign to me and anyone not Chinese so foreign to the people who lived there that small children would look up at my vast height and my face, and begin to scream. (laughs) Sometimes during the half year that I lived there at a time of night when I knew that no one would be home in the Adirondacks to answer. This was back when international phone calls were ruinously expensive. Even long distance was expensive in the same country. I would pick up the heavy phone in the apartment I shared with a friend and two Chinese roommates, and I would dial my parents' phone number. I just wanted to hear it ring. I would close my eyes and picture it ringing there in the empty house on the wall by the dining table with no one around to pick it up. I just needed that connection, and somehow it felt like it was a real connection to hear my parents' phone ringing in their empty house on the other side of the world. So this is what I've been thinking about these days in small and large ways, connection between people, between ideas, between silences and loudnesses, between continents and oceans and worlds, between who we thought we might be and who we are, where we thought we'd live and where we live. This line of questioning leads to more questions. Is it, is a dream real? Where do I go, or where does my spirit go when I'm asleep? Am I living somewhere else in a parallel world? Was I somewhere before I was here? Where will I go when my body dies? Will I go somewhere? Will I go nowhere? Does anything come after this? Is a phone ringing somewhere in an empty room? 
as I'm thinking these thoughts. You know, sometimes you're going along and you're going along and then you look up and suddenly the world has changed. You've vaulted onto some new plane of being without even intending to. Maybe you read a certain line of poetry or you listen to a faraway someone's voice on the phone or you come down hard on your heel in a weird way and something in your leg twists and in that twisting you pivot into a slightly newer person than you were a moment before. I was thinking about my old friend Garvin earlier today and where he might be now. We were friends for decades, long-distance friends whose friendship began when he wrote me a fan letter for my very first published story. By the time he died, we were family. I've been thinking about my father these days, he said to me on the phone in the last weeks of his life. He was on Long Island. I was in Minneapolis, and I remember closing my eyes and lying on the couch and listening to his familiar voice, which was hoarse from a constant dry throat in the hospital. In the background, I could hear the chatter of aides and a nurse and something clinking. Oh, I remember your dad, I said. I have that photo you sent me of him. I keep it on my desk so I can see his big smile. He smiled a lot from the looks of it. Yes, Garvin said. He did smile a lot. Garvin was old at that point. He was dying from complications of never-treated diabetes, which I didn't even know he had and would never have suspected. That's something I blame myself for now. He was so weak that he couldn't even lift his legs. His father had been gone for many, many, many years. Do you miss your father? I asked. He always gave me good advice, said Garvin. I could always go to him and tell him my problems, and he always had good advice. I listened to his tired voice and I glanced at the photo he had sent me of that man, bending over a birthday cake with a big knife in his hand, smiling away. Maybe he's with you right now, I said, invisible, but still there. When I talk about chronology to my writing students, Chronology defined in a creative writing class as the order in which something is told, whether it's in real time or in back-and-forth imaginary time. I tell them that many writers begin in the now and then go back in time to fill in the in-between, back to the present, back to the past, floating here and there in time. That's because it feels natural, I say. It's the way we live our lives. I think I'm one person, but I'm not. I'm all the people I ever was, at all times, everywhere. Maybe we all are all the people we both were and never were, somehow. All the people we dreamed we might be. Maybe this is the way the world really is. Even if we don't think of it that way, we live in more than one world at a time, don't we? We take on faith so much that is invisible, yet all around us air, electricity, love. Why not this too?
When I read this beautiful, beautiful poem by George Caligeris, all those questions that I've had my whole life came crowding back into my head. And I've been thinking about them ever since. Here's the poem. The Evening Star by George Caligeris. I boarded the blue line at aquarium station. The only empty seat was the one by that young, head back, eyes closed, exhausted-looking father holding his sleeping child in his folded arms. It was already supper time, and the evening star, as Sappho sings, was calling all of the creatures home to their mother through the rush-hour traffic. The subway was coming out of the tunnel's mouth, and I was sixty when I suddenly felt a tiny hand start pulling at my sleeve. In his sleep, the child I never had was reaching out for me, while the father I never became kept his eyes shut. And all the way to my stop at Orient Heights, nothing disturbed our dream. That's it for today's show, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might. And give us a good rating if you're so inclined. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. Artwork by Mark Gary. Today's poem, The Evening Star, by George Caligeris, is featured here with kind permission of the poet. It was originally printed in the Harvard Review. And if you Google George Caligeris, you will find more of his beautiful poems, along with others he's translated from the original Greek in various publications. His latest collection published last year is Winthropos, which is the Greekified name the poet's father, an immigrant from Greece, gave the town of Winthrop outside Boston, where the family lived. It's a gorgeous piece of work. Words by Winter is created and hosted and everything by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through. I will go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me since I was a little girl. You can send a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or just drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more info about me and my books, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life. Because it is very rough out there, and we have to help each other through. <laughs>